Welcome to Artificially Intelligent Marketing, a weekly podcast where we stay on top of the latest trends, tips, and tools in the world of marketing AI, helping you get the best results from your marketing efforts. Now let's join our hosts, Paul Avery and Martin Broadhurst. Welcome to Artificially Intelligent Marketing, episode 27. My name's Martin Broadhurst, and I am your host today. That's right, I'm flying solo. Paul is unable to join us this week. That means it's just me delivering the latest in AI technology developments for marketing professionals. And while we may lack a Paul, we do not lack content, not by any stretch of the imagination. This week has been a hot week for product updates from all of the big players. So let's get straight into the stories and start off with my favorite, which is that ChatGPT has now got multi-sensory capabilities. That's right, OpenAI has announced a significant upgrade to ChatGPT, bringing both voice and image functionality to the platform. This brings a shift in the way that the ChatGPT product works, making it more interactive, more multimodal for the users. We saw when they announced GPT-4 earlier this year that they were bringing the ability to input images as a prompt. And we saw them doing things like the creating a website based on a what was little more than a napkin sketch. It was a very low fidelity drawing and GPT-4 created a functioning website with HTML and JavaScript. Well, that capability has now been launched. As well as that, they've announced a new voice feature where we can turn the ChatGPT interface into a back and forth, real conversational tool. It will respond with a human-like voice. So rather than seeing text on screen as the response, it will speak back to you. And you can have a back and forth dialogue with ChatGPT. At the moment, this is available on iOS and Android, exclusively for the time being, at least to ChatGPT Plus subscribers and ChatGPT Enterprise subscribers. This is expected to be rolled out to a wider user base in the coming weeks and months. But for now, this is what we are working with. It's just the people with a paid plan. While these new capabilities can serve creative and accessibility focused applications, OpenAI remains cautious, acknowledging the potential risks such as impersonation and data misuse. My early impressions of these tools are that they are pretty good. Now, I should say at this point, I actually only have access to the voice version of this. At the moment, the image inputs haven't quite made it to me, uh, and a very small number of users appear to have access to that. Although you can do this using Bing AI, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But in terms of the actual chat interface and being able to speak back and forth with OpenAI and ChatGPT um, in the app, I found it to be a somewhat frustrating experience. Let me just uh, demonstrate why. This has been my experience for the past 
36 hours, and I'm not alone in this. So let's try and have a real conversation with ChatGPT right now. Hi, ChatGPT. Welcome to the Artificially Intelligent Marketing Podcast. You recently got a voice. How does that make you feel? Sorry, an unknown error occurred. Please try again later. And that, listeners, has been the experience that I have had for the past 36 hours. And unless I clear my cache in my phone, uh, the app refuses to let me speak to it back and forth. And a quick Google search has found that this is the experience of quite a few users at the moment. So it feels like this particular uh, feature is not quite uh, bug free. In fact, it's uh, it's quite broken for quite a few people, which is a shame because in the first 24 hours while using the app, I found it to be incredibly fun and helpful. And I could imagine being on a long drive, having ChatGPT open in the car and just speaking to it back and forth. Having it as a real-time assistant, completing small tasks for me as I go. Uh, ideal because it's completely hands-free and it would be like speaking to a passenger in your car. The scenario I had in mind was coming away from a client meeting being able to summarize notes, maybe draft a follow-up email, or even draft an email to a colleague, giving them the main points from the session itself. All of that would be really helpful. Again, just extending the capabilities of this assistant in your pocket. Unfortunately, that reality is not now for me and a few other users because it just refuses to work. Okay, I mentioned that uh, we've got the image input capabilities as well. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I've been playing with it um, to uh, just test the, the functionality out. And I was doing it using the image input in the Bing AI chat. So if you go to chat.bing.com, you can actually access this feature early. Is it as fully featured as uh, the image input on ChatGPT? I don't know because I haven't been able to test the chat GPT version yet, but it's still pretty good. And if you want to give it a try, you can throw in an image and ask it to describe things for you and get it to tell you uh, something interesting about the image or give you alternatives or, or what have you. The GPT chat GPT vision uh, discussion online has been interesting to see though, because people have found some really advanced capabilities and there've been some uh, examples that we've seen already, for example, people uh, creating websites and Figma files based on nothing but a pencil sketch. McKay Wrigley writes, ChatGPT Vision breaks down Christopher Nolan's early diagram for Inception. The best part, the diagram doesn't mention the word Inception once. And when you look at the sketch, it's little more than a series of lines um, showing you the kind of linear progression of multiple timelines from the film Inception. There is the heist and then the escape at the end um, and various uh, rough annotations on this sketch. And the response from ChatGPT is quite something because it's very detailed. It actually starts off saying the diagram 
appears to be a representation of the dream levels and the progression of the events in the movie Inception. The movie involves navigating through multiple levels of dreams, each deeper and more time dilated than the previous one. Let's break down the diagram. And then it goes into line by line detail, breaking it down. The conversation at the back of this tweet was really interesting as well as people were saying, well, this diagram must have been used in the training data and characters' names are mentioned on the diagram, which has led other people to take this even further, doing an even more crude sketch, removing all of the characters' names, in fact, changing all of the characters' names, and then repeating the process. And ChatGPT successfully completed the task. Um, so it's really quite something. We can see that there's lots of capabilities with ChatGPT Vision. This has only been out a week. I expect many more interesting and exciting use cases to come to the fore. Um, but for now, we can say that this is an exciting development for the ChatGPT subscriber user base. Next up, we have DALI 3. So sticking with OpenAI, this was a big announcement uh, that they made last week in the text to image generation field. DALI 3 is set to transform text to image generation with even more nuanced and accurate image outputs. Uh, slated for full release in early October, it promises enhanced capabilities, especially for GPT Plus and enterprise subscribers. Again, this is an additional feature that is coming to chat GPT. Unlike previous iterations where having a full grasp of prompt engineering was really necessary to get the most out of the DALI system, DALI 3 generates images that closely adhere to the user provided text. And it's built natively into chat GPT. So the system itself can refine your prompts to produce detailed and very accurate images. Safety has also been prioritized with features to limit violent, adult, or harmful content. DALI 3 won't generate images in the style of living artists, a move likely aimed at respecting creative control and respecting copyright. OpenAI is researching ways to help users identify AI-generated images and is developing a provenance classifier tool for this specific purpose. How that actually manifests remains to be seen, but it's an interesting point that they're looking to roll that out to users as well. So DALI 3 presents an absolute treasure trove of opportunities, particularly for creative ad campaigns, content marketing, and brand storytelling. In the early demonstrations that we've seen of it, there seems to be things like consistency of character, which is something that's been really hard to get previously. In the example that they put in the demo video, there is a hedgehog character that seems to stay pretty accurate and close to the original version that it creates, despite several different iterations of images being created after the original. This is something that's really exciting for producers because, quite frankly, it's the bit of the puzzle that has been missing. How do we create images that maintain a consistent uh, style and character going forward? Um, this appears to be available already in 
chat.bing.com. So if you want to give it a go, you can head over there. I've been playing with it already and a few noticeable things to mention that it can create text. However, it's inconsistent. And if you're looking for it to create lots of text, it will soon fall down. The image quality is much higher though, and it does stay much closer to the prompt far more than any of the other language models and text models that we've seen, such as Midjourney or Stable Diffusion. There are just uh, subtle nuances that it understands and can bring into the image better than those other models. So I think this is one that's going to be uh, very useful for creatives. The power of this plugged into something like uh, the Adobe Suite will be well, very welcome for lots of people. And I think this is the kind of model that creatives will want Adobe Generative Fill and Firefly to reach uh, the same levels as very soon. So moving away from new models, now we're going to look at new partnerships. Uh, this is a big one announced uh, by Amazon and Anthropic. They've announced that they're tying the knot to supercharge the generative AI capabilities on Amazon Web Services, AWS. Amazon is not just backing Anthropic with a token investment. It's going all in with a staggering $4 billion investment, taking a minority stake in Anthropic. Now, Anthropic will leverage Amazon's AWS Trainium and Inferentia chips solidifying AWS as the preferred cloud partner. Anthropic models are set to feature on Amazon Bedrock, which is Amazon's AI platform, providing AWS customers with the inside track on model customization. In the press release announcing this new partnership, there were some interesting details from customers of Anthropic and AWS. So it says the partnership is already making an impact Chris Wide, SVP of Engineering and Data Science at Lonely Planet, stated that by building with Claude 2 on Amazon Bedrock, they reduced itinerary generation costs by nearly 80%. Bridgewater's co-CIO, Greg Jensen, commented, we are using Amazon Bedrock and Claude's model to create a secure, large language model powered investment analyst assistant. It's a bit of a mouthful, but they've created an investment analyst assistant powered by Claude. If companies like Lonely Planet and Bridgewater can dramatically reduce operational costs and streamline their research, it makes you wonder what the rest of us could do when we can tap into this uh, cloud environment. So this was quite a big one for me. I was um, surprised to see this announcement. Google had previously announced that they had made a significant investment into Anthropic. And it seemed like the Google Cloud Platform was going to be the cloud platform of choice for Anthropic. But obviously, things have taken a bit of a turn. So now we've got Amazon investing $4 billion in Anthropic, Microsoft owning 49% of OpenAI with their $11 billion investment into the AI leader. Um, which leaves Google out there focusing on its own in-house product development. So they're not 
looking to snap up anybody. There doesn't look to be any acquisition strategy right now. Maybe they might move for one of the smaller players, but I think that they're putting all of their eggs into their own basket and backing themselves to create a great model using something like the upcoming Gemini, which is said to be as powerful as GPT-4 with some multimodal capabilities as well. If the rumors are true, we'll find out more about that uh, in Q4 of this year. And so watch this space. I'm sure me and Paul will talk about it at great length. But for now, Google doesn't look to have um, much in the way of active industry partnerships um, going on. So uh, following on from that story, I just want to take a moment to look at a, a new article that was published by Anthropic related to Claude. So they've published new research on how to improve their AI assistant Claude's memory over long documents. So Claude's unique selling point is this 100,000 token uh, character window or context window. Um, and they tested Claude's ability to answer multiple choice questions about government meeting transcripts spanning 75 to 90,000 words. Without any prompting modifications, Claude's accuracy dropped substantially on distant passages. However, Anthropic found two techniques that together improved performance. First, if you ask it to extract relevant quotes before answering, this boosted scores. And second, by providing examples of correctly answered questions about other sections, they also found that this was more effective than unrelated examples. With both strategies, Claude's error rate declined by over a third. The newly published Anthropic Cookbook, which we will link to in the show notes, also provides full details and the code to reproduce the experiments. So this quantitative analysis gives creators concrete guidance on prompting Claude for optimal recall. So if you really want to get the most out of that 100,000 token context window, introducing these techniques into your prompting is going to get you better results than if you don't introduce them at all. It's certainly going to be more effective than a zero-shot prompt, such as summarize this article or tell me, 10 relevant things from this article. And actually most of the content is at the early stages of the document. So as AI assistants are increasingly tested on understanding and interpreting long form content, these results offer us as prompters a model for rigorously evaluating different prompting approaches and maximizing our capabilities of getting real high quality outputs. Microsoft is steering into the future of AI with the new assistant, Microsoft Copilot, set to become an integral part of its product ecosystem. It's going to be integrated across Windows 11 and Microsoft Office 365 and Bing and Edge and a bunch of new Microsoft Surface devices. It is going to be rolled out everywhere. So Copilot is designed to offer personalized assistance by understanding user context, data, and activities. The enterprise version, Microsoft 
Office 365 Copilot will be generally available starting November 1st. This work-specific assistant aims to streamline operations across Office apps, including the popular apps Outlook and Teams. Not just an enterprise asset, Bing and Edge are also levering up their AI features such as personalized search results and AI shopping assistant, which could potentially influence consumer behavior and e-commerce strategies. So we'll have to see how that plays out for marketers looking to use uh, Bing or Edge as a potential channel. At a recent event where they went big on describing what Copilot was going to do and how it was going to be rolled out, um, they also announced that AI capabilities were coming to some of classic Windows apps, such as Microsoft Paint and Microsoft Photos. Now, that might come as a disappointment to those of you who, uh, like me, really respect the uh, simplicity of Microsoft Paint. Bringing in AI to paint might um, ruin the vibe, so to speak. They're also rolling out AI-powered capabilities to Clipchamp, which is the video editing platform built into Microsoft Windows, which was really a replacement for Microsoft Video Editor. That's the one where I think for SMEs, uh, there could be some real value. If you're a small marketing team in an SME and you want to create some cool video content, Clipchamp is already a really affordable and very user-friendly way of creating videos for social media and things like that. Integrating some AI power through Copilot could level up this capability dramatically. So that's the one where I'm, I'm quite interested to see what happens there. And who knows, maybe we'll all be creating our social media graphics using Microsoft Paint once it gets AI-powered capabilities within it. Today, I opened my Microsoft Surface, uh, my Microsoft Surface Pro, and found that uh, Copilot is now integrated into Windows. I haven't tried it yet, and this happened literally about uh, three hours before recording, so I haven't had anywhere like enough time to give you even my first impressions. Uh, but it's definitely something that is here, it's live, it's in the real world, and hopefully we'll have more news to give you on this front next week. Moving away, moving away from models and hardware and software, let's take a look at societal impact. Generative AI and the Future of Jobs is a report that was recently published by McKinsey. They've been looking at how AI will dramatically shape the future of jobs and workflows. The report finds generative AI could automate nearly 10% of tasks across the US economy, affecting various roles, especially customer service, food service, production manufacturing, and office support. Lower wage jobs are 14 times more likely to experience this shift compared to higher wage roles. However, the economic outlook is not all doom and gloom. McKinsey anticipates GDP growth and creation of higher wage jobs, forecasting 12 million occupational transitions by 2030. The catch? Adaptability. Both individuals and organizational adaptability will be key to weathering these changes. McKinsey suggests targeted reskilling programs, skills based hiring, and public-private training partnerships as pivotal strategies 
for a successful transition. Now, given that we're in an era where customer-centric marketing is data-driven, the insights in this report from McKinsey should serve as a warning bell for organizational leaders. Leaders need to be adaptable. They need to be planning ahead. Their workforce is not going to be the same as it is today in just a few years' time. And thinking about what that could look like, making sure that the necessary steps are in place to train and upskill their existing workforce and identify what roles they're going to need for the future is going to be a massive step in managing this organizational change that we're going to see throughout the economy over the next few years. Our advice on the podcast would be to start thinking about improving AI literacy across your organization. How can you upskill and train your team to help them transition into an AI-powered world? And this goes beyond just simple prompting techniques, although that is a really key part of it. This is about getting people into the mindset where they see AI as a valuable tool to be using in their day-to-day jobs, an assistant that's going to help them be more productive and more effective in doing what they need to do each day. If you'd be interested in learning more about where you can do that, well, turns out me and Paul have been working with clients doing exactly this. And if you would like to know more about how me and Paul can help your business to improve AI literacy throughout your organization, then drop us an email at hello at artificiallyintelligentmarketing.com. So one more story looking at the societal impact of AI, and that is about the public perception of AI. This is a report that's come from the Bentley Gallup Business in Society study, which found that three out of four Americans believe that artificial intelligence will cut jobs in the next decade. Surprisingly, those with less than a bachelor's degree are more convinced of this, 80%, compared to those with a degree, 68%. Age demographics also reveal varying attitudes, with younger Americans between 18 and 29 less pessimistic about AI affecting jobs negatively. The majority of Americans believe AI performs specific tasks as well as or better than humans, be it content customization or product recommendations. Yet the general sentiment holds that businesses can't be trusted to use AI responsibly. In fact, a whopping 79% of respondents are skeptical about companies deploying AI ethically. This data really underlines the pressing need for transparent AI usage in business. Marketers can capitalize on the positives, like AI's capacity for task automation and customer personalization, while addressing the public's concern through clear communication and ethical AI deployment. Younger demographics seem more open to AI innovations, perhaps indicating a future market that's more receptive to AI-powered solutions. One way that companies can start to think about the ethical deployment of AI in their workflows is by coming up with an AI charter. Create an AI council of your workforce. This should be a cross-functional team, one or two people from different departments in your organization. This team could be a few people big or it could be 30 people big. Depends on the size of your organization. Put something in place to bring these people together 
and say, how are we going to use AI in our organization? This AI council can be responsible for bringing new learnings to the table and sharing them with the organization. They can be responsible for drafting company policies about how you are going to use AI responsibly and ethically. They can be responsible for checking that AI systems that are in place are being used ethically and responsibly. Once that's been done, meet regularly, monthly, quarterly. Monthly is probably better given the pace of change in this world. But just make sure that there is something taking place where the AI council have a way to feed in to the responsible use of AI in your company going forward. Now, our final story of the day is for the Salesforce subscribers that are listening. Salesforce has unveiled Einstein Copilot, a conversational AI assistant designed to boost productivity across various business functions. It's seamlessly integrated into the Salesforce app, offering personalized and context-aware answers driven by Salesforce Data Cloud. So for businesses seeking more tailored solutions, Einstein Copilot Studio enables the customization of the assistant with unique prompts, skills, and AI models. This suite of features can be applied across multiple CRM workflows and even consumer-facing channels such as chatbots. So effectively, what they're offering here is a fine-tuning studio where you can customize the tools to your requirements. Key to this launch is the Einstein Trust Layer. And this is interesting. It's an architecture that safeguards data privacy. At the enterprise level, this is critical. This assures that data is not stored by third parties and masks personally identifiable information, all while keeping an eye out for toxic content. These are big considerations whenever speaking to enterprises about deploying large language models. So it's interesting to see exactly how this is going to work. Um, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on this for sure. Um, but yeah, Einstein and Copilot brings together AI with data-driven decision-making and customization, um, which is relevant for marketing and operations teams to get what they need from their own data hooked up to language models. The ability to customize the AI for specific tasks in sales and marketing funnel will mean more efficient workflows, more personalization. And with that extra layer of the uh, trust layer, this addresses those growing concerns about data privacy in an era of AI powered tools. It sounds to me like Salesforce understand their audience very well, no surprise there, and that they are setting the new standard for data privacy in the use of large language models and AI for enterprise businesses. How this plays out remains to be seen, but I, for one, am looking forward to seeing exactly what happens when businesses start to adopt this new technology. That's all we have time for in this week's episode. We'll be back next week with more news from across the artificially intelligent marketing landscape. Thank you for listening. I'll speak to you next week. Thank you for listening to Artificially Intelligent Marketing. To stay on top of the latest trends, tips, and tools in the world of marketing AI, be sure to subscribe. We look forward to seeing you again next week.